Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Nikki. So, Nikki. Yes. This is an interesting case that I've heard about uh, over the years, but I never knew the extent of the backstory. This is Randy Farentold. Farentold? Mm-hmm. Randy Farentold. Or it could be pronounced differently. We know I don't. I don't do that well. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, George Randolph Farentold was born October 1st, 1939 to Annie Morgan and George Farentold. So his mother, Annie, uh, she came from money. Her father was Randolph Morgan. He was a well-known rancher that owned like a bunch of farms and oil interests throughout Corpus Christi. So Corpus Christi is a, a coastal city in South Texas. About 30 miles from Padre Island, right? Yeah, not South Padre, but Padre Island. So there is a difference. Big difference. (laughs) A big difference in the water. Randy's father, George, had also done well for himself. He was actually born in Belgium, and then he attended school in Switzerland and moved to U.S. in 1936. He served in the Air Force during World War II and then was discharged in 1945 as a captain. Um, And he became a successful businessman in the oil and gas industries. So, Randy is born from very successful, well-off families, right? Okay. So, he's off to a good start. I Actually, I couldn't find any records that his parents, Annie and George, were ever married. But I did find where George ended up marrying a woman named Mary Frances Tarleton in 1950. Now, this is significant. Hmm? I said, okay. Okay. So this is significant. George and Mary had five children together. Dudley, born in 1951. George Jr., born in 1952. Emily, born in 1954. And then twins, Vincent and James, born in 1956. Now, it's important to understand who Mary is, and I'll exp- you'll understand why later. So okay. Mary was a lawyer who came from a long line of lawyers and judges. Her grandfather was Judge Benjamin Tarleton Sr., who was Chief Justice of the Texas Court of Civil Appeals. Um, he, he was also a state legislator and a professor at the University of Texas School of Law. There's a library there that's actually named after him, the Tarleton Law Library. Okay, And then her father, Dudley, was also an attorney. So that's where she's coming from. So growing up... Mary's little brother died when he was three from complications during a surgery to remove a quarter that he swallowed. Oh. And so Mary, like, had had trouble dealing with that her whole life growing up. Mm-hmm. And then in 1960, after, you know, she's married to George, they have all these kids, her son Vincent, one of the twins, he died just before his fourth birthday. So he was three as well. Apparently he'd like gotten out of bed in the middle of the night and like went to the bathroom. And like, you know, those stools that people have for 
small humans to step okay. up like to the sink. Mm-hmm. So like he got up on the stool and somehow the stool slipped out from under him and he fell and hit his head on the tile floor. And by the time they took him to the hospital, he had already bled out. That's so sad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's where this is all starting at. His, his death took a toll on the twin brother, James, mm-hmm. which later on in life, he started abusing drugs and everything else. I'll get more to him later. So, in 1968, Mary decided she wanted to get involved in politics and was elected to the Texas House of Representatives. Okay. She was also co-sponsor of the Equal Legal Rights Amendment to to the Texas Constitution. I think she was, like, one of three women at the time that had been elected. She was the only one serving when she served. Anyway. Then in 1972... She decided to run for governor. Oh, governor. Governor. By this time, all of her kids had developed uh, alongside their political family. So Dudley, George, Jr., and Emily were right alongside their mother during the race, pulling for their mom to become governor. Funny story, they, like, so this is the 70s, right? So they have long hair. And so they cut their hair so that they wouldn't be seen as a liability during her campaign. Oh, but apparently the fact that they had all dropped out of school to help their mom, that wasn't liability. That didn't bother anybody. But the long hair, it's, that can't happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And James, like I said, he had gotten involved in drugs drugs and everything. So he had become a troublemaker. So he wasn't with them during the race. Um, and then Randy, Mary's stepson, had also made a little bit of a name for himself. Obviously, he grew up in a wealthy family in Corpus Christi. In 1962, when he turned 21, he inherited his grandfather's several large cotton farms all over South Texas. Oh, okay. This would be his grandfather on his birth mother's side. So he took to the family business and he multiplied the fortune. Nice. I mean, he like, most of the time we hear these stories, they inherit it at a young age and they squander it. No, this dude took off with it. And he was known as Corpus Christi's Playboy Millionaire. Playboy Millionaire. Mm-hmm. In Corpus, of all places. In Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah. So not only was he popular because, you know, he's a millionaire, he, he also knew the right people. Obviously, his stepmom's potentially going to be the governor. And he was a well-liked guy. Like, everybody loved this guy. Like, he was super rich, but he was nice to everybody. Right. And this is Randy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Randy married Mary Sue, <laughs> Mary Sue, in 1960, and they had two children, Randolph Blake and Sue Cleveland. <laughs> I'm going to marinate on that for a second. Randy started pursuing his own leisure activities, pigeon shooting, fishing, gambling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Randy and Mary divorced in May of 1970. Later that year... Hurricane Celia happened. Have you heard of it? Not Hurricane Celia, no. Yeah, me either. So I looked it up. So Celia was only the third named storm ever. Um, it was the second hurricane and first major hurricane of 1970 in the Atlantic. Okay. It was later estimated to have been a Category 3. The most severe damage from it was in Corpus Christi and Aransas Pass. So, as we know, down here in Texas, hurricanes destroy shit. Yes, they do. So, thousands of homes, businesses were destroyed, hundreds of injuries, 15 deaths. They estimated the total cost of damages were about $900 million. Uh, And, of course, this destroyed the Farenthold Cotton Gin, which, oh, was, on, cotton. Mm-hmm, which was on Randy Morgan Road. Uh, it was the largest of all 
uh, of the cotton gins he owned, and it was the majority of the fair and hold income. So Randy saw, he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. He kind of takes this, takes this opportunity to retire in a sense, right? He traded in his business suits for old jeans and t-shirts. He gave up his business lifestyle for a fishing life on his 35 foot yacht. And that's where he spent most of his time on the lollipop. He started to, yeah, (laughs) the lollipop. Um, so he started to spend most of his time in Port Aransas on his boat. Okay. Port Aransas is just, what, right right next to Corpus. It's not far. Yeah. Um, and the locals there just, just fell in love with him. I mean, he's just, he's super nice to everybody. They said he was a really good fisherman. And even though he was rich, he was really friendly to everybody. And he respected the whole area and the people that lived in it. So, meanwhile, all this is happening. Miles away, Randy's stepmom, Mary, is having a celebration party for her entry into government, right? They're waiting for the election results. They're having a big party. Okay. Uh, Randy's not there. Everyone, what? Why isn't he there? Well, everyone assumes he's deep sea fishing because that's what he was always doing. Okay. So he wasn't as involved in Mary's campaign as the other kids. Her other kids. Right. Right. Well, this is his stepmother. Right. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. From what I read, they didn't have like a a bad relationship or anything. He just wasn't, he had his own business. He he had his own own thing. Right. And he was super rich and she, she, she wasn't as rich as him. Okay. (laughs) She was rich, but not as much as him. Um, So in June of 1972, Mary lost. She lost. Yeah. She wasn't governor. She ran for governor Mm -hmm. and she lost. She lost to Dolph Briscoe. Okay. This is before our times. So I don't know these. Yeah, it's back in the day. Back in Port Aransas, you know, the sun's coming up. All the election stuff had happened. Uh, a fisherman named Carl Carson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carl Carson. Carl Carson. Mm-hmm. Drove out to Mustang Island, which is just right, right outside of Corpus Christi. So, like, Corpus Christi's like a bay. It's, like, got that little hook like a bay. And then Mustang Island is... Right off of the coast. It's right outside of that bay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Galveston Island. You have to, you know, it's kind of off the way. Anyway, moving on. So he goes out to Mustang Island. Um, He's going to catch bait fish. So that way, when the boat captains show up, when the sun comes up, he's got bait to sell them. So when they go out on their charters, they have bait. That's what he does. Okay. Okay. Carl and his helper, Joe. Joe. Carl and Joe. Carl and Joe. They throw out their net in the water to catch their bait fish. Their net gets caught on something. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. And it's a body. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they pull the body to shore and hop back in the truck to rush to the police station to go report it. Back okay. in the day, for people that don't know. That's what you had to do? Mm-hmm. They didn't have cell phones in your truck for you to just call somebody. You had to... And since it's a small community, it didn't take him but a few minutes to get to the police station. Right. So he gets to the police station. So Carl tells them what they found and said that... It looks like the guy had been beaten, tied up, and there was a concrete block tied to his neck. Mm. So authorities are like, all right, Carl, show us where it's at. So Carl gets back in his truck. And they follow him out where Joe is waiting because obviously he stayed there to guard the area. The chief of police, Jim Wright, walks up to observe the scene. And he notices that the face is cut, bruised, bloated, and chalky white from being in the water. There's a wire and a chain wrapped around the neck that was attached to a 40-pound concrete block. So, 
through all this, Jim knew who it was. He was like, that looks like Randy Fahrenheit. Okay. Now, they couldn't be positive because of the shape that the body was in. So, professionals are called in to investigate. And by the end of the day, that same day, the coroner had determined that it was, in fact, Randy. The medical examiner, Dr. Joseph Roop, yep, said that the cause of death was a combination of, listen, this is what it says, combination of strangulation, beating, asphyxiation, which I thought was the same thing as strangulation. No, that's just like uh, suffocation, right? Or no? Yeah, but isn't that what strangulation is? Well, I mean, there's different ways to cut off the oxygen supply, so it would be different than strangulation. Hmm. And drowning. So, just huh? throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, you know, I'm sure they hit the nail on the head with one of those. So <laughs> One of them had to be it, right? Yeah, one of them had to kill him. Um, so people are just baffled by this because everybody freaking loved him. Yeah. Right? So we go through what the possibilities are, right? Could he have been robbed? Absolutely. He's a millionaire, right? right? He didn't have any money right. on him, but he had a really expensive wristwatch on that was waterproof and it was still on and still working. Ooh. So it's not like... They left it because it was broken, like it was still working. There's a, yep, there's a tell, telltale sign. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next possibility, he's a gambler. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was killed for a gambling debt. But he was a millionaire. <sighs> he was a millionaire. People said he always paid his debts. No one knew that he owed anybody anything, mm-hmm. right? Right. So they have no idea what to do. So this, of course, takes a toll on the Fahrenheit family. Right. Right. Drugs and alcohol get involved. They take over, Right. Right. So Mary is the only one that keeps her composure. She ends up living separately from the rest of the family and continue to pursue her political career, right? Why is she living separate? So by this time, she has separated from her husband, George. Okay. And then her kids are not, not all of them are, they, they've kind of gone on and gotten married and had their own kids and stuff. They're on their own, okay. Mm-hmm. So investigators, Ted Jolly, and Lester Manson were assigned to the case. They interviewed everyone. And I'm talking everyone. Sailors, fishermen, boat captains, waitresses. Like, anyone that could help them figure out, like, where Randy had been the previous couple of days. Right. So, one of the reasons... This is just a side note. I love my side notes. Side note. One of the reasons Mary lost her election was she was going to abolish the Texas Rangers. Oh. I've, I've explained this before uh, with the Texas Rangers previous episodes. Please go back and listen to those because they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, basically they're the Texas version of the Bureau of Investigations of Investigation. Right. Okay. Since she lost, Texas Ranger Jim Peters starts investigating Randy's murder, along with the local investigators, right? Okay. He learns the following events. One week before, Randy took the lollipop to a deep-sea fishing tournament in New Orleans. When he got back, he took the lollipop to be repaired from, like, there wasn't anything, like, super wrong with it. It's just, like, basic wear and tear from being in a tournament. Okay. On June 2nd, Randy was seen at his beach house in Port Aransas. He was spotted at a restaurant that evening. The next morning, Randy was seen having breakfast at a local cafe. Then, the boat captain says he was there helping him with the repairs on the boat. Then, on June 3rd, Randy was seen in Corpus voting the day before, or the day, like, the day that the election is supposed to end. 
Like okay. he, he was voting before the ballots cl- or the before the voting closes. Evidence showed that he went to his other home in Corpus to change clothes. Like he took a shower and changed clothes. Then he was spotted at the yacht club around six o'clock. After that, he went to his ex-wife's house and had dinner with her and the kids. She says he left there around eight o'clock. After that, he went clubbing. Oh, clubbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, okay. straight up bar hopping. Like, he's seen at different clubs, like, bouncing around. Well, it's at different places. Like, he's just bar hopping. Mm-hmm. Okay. At some point during his bar hopping, he ends up in a craps game with several other extremely wealthy people. Okay. And apparently he won a couple hundred bucks, which Ranger Jim found in his dresser drawer, leading him to believe that he made it home, right? Right. However, Randy's car was parked in his driveway, but his keys were found in the yard. So initially, investigators believed that he had been attacked before he got in his house, right? Right. But then how'd the money get in his dresser? Coroner says that he was killed sometime in the early morning of June 4th. So sometime between the craps game and before the sun came up. That's a lot for the Texas Ranger to find out. So thank goodness... Mary didn't win her governorship. Because then he wouldn't have been there to mm-hmm. look at anything. Exactly. So, after the crime lab couldn't get anything from the chains and wires, they, they found no, like, DNA or anything like that, Ranger Jim decides to try to determine where his body was dumped in the water. Did you know that there are things called, there's people called tide experts? I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Well, I knew that there were people who could determine this kind of thing. I didn't know that there was actually people, like, tide experts. Yeah, they watch tides and, you know, they can tell you anything there is to know about tides. Yeah. So. There are jellyfish experts. Really? So, it doesn't surprise me that there's tide experts. I don't like jellyfish. An expert for everything. I don't like jellyfish. I'm afraid of getting stung by them. Because what people don't realize is down here in Texas, when you go to the beach, you can't see anything in the water. It is not pretty water. It's not pretty water. No. They do their investigation based on, like, um, weight and where he was found and the time and all that kind of stuff. So they figure out that his body was placed in the water somewhere on the jetties at the St. Joseph and Mustang Island ship channel. Okay. So I don't know how to explain what a ship channel is. I guess it's where the ships dock, but the channel is where they go back out, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like people know what shipping channels are. Well, you never know. Because, I don't know, I could be saying it wrong, too. Maybe, maybe they call it something different, you know? Anyway, based on the crowded activity activity around that area, because it's it's a it's a busy area, right? And, no, and nobody came forward saying that they saw anything. So, based on that, they determined that the type of boat, it would have had to, that it would, his body would have had to been dumped by a shrimp boat. Okay. Yeah. Shrimp and shrimp shrimp boat. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got bubblegum shrimp. We got shrimp and potatoes, shrimp sandwich, shrimp stew. That's about it. If I had cricket sounds, I would make them right now. So, (laughs) while the Texas Rangers, as well as local law enforcement, are busy tracking down their shrimp boat leads, the FBI shows up. Now, why is the FBI coming down to help with a murder case? So, for people who don't know, the FBI is Federal Bureau of Investigations. They handle stuff on a national level. So, turns out, you do not sound interested at all in my story. I'm totally listening. I need more shock and awe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, when I am shocked and awed, <gasps> I will shock and awe. Ouch. That's tongue a little bit. So it turns out Randy was scheduled to testify in federal court as a key witness on a fraud case in October. That is shocking. See, now I, can't, now I don't know whether not to believe you. <laughs> uh, apparently, a couple years prior, there was a contractor named Bruce Bass. Bass? Bass? We're going to call him Bruce. Uh, he tried to get Randy in on a scheme he was running. He asked Randy to help finance it and then said that he would give him a cut of the proceeds. He was saying, I don't know, something about buying short-term treasury notes at a discount from somebody in Houston. Apparently, the person in Houston had ties to the mafia. Ah. Okay. If you don't know what the mafia is, look it up. I can't explain it. So, Randy did it. I mean, he put up like $100,000 and he was told he had to go drop it off with the to this mafia guy so he sounds fishy no pun intended (laughs) so when he does there him and the mafia guy both are robbed and by a guy that they describe as batman like like they said he had a cape on and everything oh no i swear to god okay so randy's like i'm gonna call the cops that's a hundred thousand dollars that the dude stole from us and bruce is like no 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 (laughs) you don't call the cops on people like this he's like i'm gonna put you in contact with this higher up mafia guy and you're gonna take him another hundred thousand right okay so randy's like okay what so so he hops on a plane to las vegas to go drop off another hundred thousand dollars to this mafia guy but when he gets to vegas he's like this doesn't this doesn't sound good maybe maybe i don't want to do this so he calls the police and it's turned over to the fbi who takes over the investigation of the stuff yeah Randy's like, all right, so if y'all are good, I'm gonna go back to Corpus. So he goes back to Corpus, and that's when he finds that everything's gone because of the hurricane. That's when he started his yacht retirement, right? Right. So the FBI moved forward with the investigation, and Bruce was indicted for fraud. So they thought, they're like, they have a sure thing. They've got Bruce. They've got several mafia members, all indicted. Right. And they have an eyewitness that is a millionaire, but also an upstanding citizen. Everybody loves him. So his testimony is going to be a huge part of their case. So Ranger Jim decides he's going to look in to some of these mafia people. See if maybe they had something to do with Randy's death. No, no, they don't. They have alibis. Oh, of course. Yeah, they were not involved. I mean, I don't know why they would assume them. Jeez. So, things kind of went on like this for a while. They, something would come up, they'd look into it, and it would just kind of sit there. Until an abandoned vehicle is found off Weber Road in Corpus Christi. DNA found in the trunk of the vehicle is determined to be Randy's DNA. Ooh. So, it is believed that he was transported in that trunk to the water. Right. There's no other evidence in the vehicle, no evidence of a driver, nothing like that. But there is an owner that had reported it stolen a long time ago. So he's cleared. Then someone leaves a note on Bruce's door. And so Bruce calls the cops and makes a big deal. And uh, the note just says, you'll get yours. Oh, you'll get yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. So some people believe that the mafia left it for him. Some think that people on Mustang Island left it for him because they think he did something to Randy. People love this guy. Um, and some people believe that Bruce did it himself just to try to throw investigators off. Um, so time went on and different people were assigned to the case. They pursued everything. They got dead ends. They got false claims. It was a nightmare. Then in 1975, Ranger Jim decided to contact 
Ken Bung, who worked for the Corpus Police Department and the Organized Crime Unit. Okay. Longer story short, they go talk to a guy in prison named Robert Walters. It's irrelevant how this came about. Okay. So they go talk to this guy in prison. He's in Huntsville. So they go to Huntsville. He's in prison. Robert's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what I know. And he says that Bruce asked him to initiate the hit on Randy. And Bruce told him to get a boat and get the body out in the water, get a chain and a concrete block. Then Bruce got rid of the car, the boat, and everything else, all the other evidence. So Robert's like, sure. Yeah, we did it. What's up? Do you need something? (laughs) So, everything that he says was matching up with all the evidence that the investigators had already. Right. They get ready to make the moves on this thing, but then Bruce is in a car accident. And he's in the hospital, basically on life support. But he recovers and moves to Colorado. In 1976, they finally were able to put everything together and charge Bruce with murder. They go to Colorado, they pick him up, they bring him back, and he he doesn't fight him. He doesn't argue with them. He doesn't say one word the whole trip until they get back to Texas and he finally decided to talk. And he's like, he's talking to Ranger Jim and he's like, do y'all really think that I did all that? (laughs) Because listen, Randy was 5'10", 250 pounds and like he was built. He's not going to get taken over by one person. The ladies say that he was like fox. He was a foxy fox. You know what I'm saying? So he's beefed up. And apparently Bruce is like a short, skinny dude. And so Ranger Jim told him, I know that there was other people, but I know you ordered it. And he explained to Bruce that the other people he knew were involved. He talked about the guy that they spoke to in prison. And then apparently there's another male that he knew helped, but he was never named. Like in all the reports and stuff, it just says an unnamed male. Um, the name of that male has still to this day never been released, but they did say that he died from a heart attack shortly after. So it's irrelevant who he is because he's dead now. Right. So Bruce was convicted of murder, uh, but released from prison after serving six years. Oh dear. Six years for murder? Well, he had good behavior. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the year that, Uh, huh? So, so Bruce served six years Mm -hmm. because of good behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) So the year he was released, he was shot during a dispute in Mississippi, but he, but he recovered from that. And then two months later, he was shot again. Oh. Five times in Corpus by a bar owner on June 6th, 1984, the 12th anniversary of the day he murdered Randy. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Well, the bar owner said that it had nothing to do with Randy, and he was acquitted because he acted in self-defense. Okay. So Bruce died. So, of course, while all this is going on, the Farenhold family is struggling, mainly Randy's stepbrother, James. So, Mm -hmm. James has been in and out of rehab, treatment centers. Uh, He once referenced himself to Robert Kennedy's son, who died of a drug overdose. He said that, he's like, well, it's a good thing he's dead because... He can never embarrass the Kennedys now or hold the family black. Because he said that he was the black sheep. And so James always said that he was the black sheep of his family and that the good twin died. In 1989, 
James bounced back and forth from house to house, sometimes staying with his mom, Mary. Uh, He kept telling Mary about how he was going to get better, but then he'd disappear for like six months, and then he'd reemerge having, you know, gotten messed up again and spent the money she gave him to check into a rehab facility. So that's kind of what they were dealing with. Then on April 16th, James flew to his sister's house in San Antonio, and then her husband, Alan, gave him some money, tried to convince him to get help, but then Alan eventually dropped him off at the airport. He was apparently supposed to go to Florida. On April 29th, there's a couple in Austin that was really, really close with James and Mary, and so James frequently contacted them to keep in touch, I guess. So he called him to let him know that he was going to Florida and he was going to enter his enter himself into a treatment center. In Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after not hearing from him at the treatment center, the family friends went to his house and he wasn't there, but they found his ID. Then they contacted Mary to let him know that they hadn't heard from him and he wasn't at the treatment center. He wasn't at his house. So they didn't know what. And of course, Mary's like, well... He does this. Then in June, Mary and Emily, her daughter, they decide to file a missing persons report because nobody had heard from him since April 29th. Uh, Police told her that since he's an adult, they don't really have to tell her anything. Right. If he wants to be found, he'll be found. Because maybe he took off and doesn't want to be found. right? Right. A year later, Mary goes back to the police station, finds out that they didn't even put his name into their computer. Like, they didn't even deal with it. So she made them deal with it. As of today, James Fahrenheit is still missing. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? How old <laughs> All... would he be today? Uh, he was born... Mm, he was born 1956. 64. I guess it's possible he's still alive. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Likely. Mm-hmm. And Mary ended up uh, running for governor again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she lost. Remember how I said that Randy had two kids? Yeah. Okay. Well, his son, Blake, was oh, a... I've heard that name. <laughs> Blake Farenthold. Yes. Was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 2011 to 2018. He also yeah. endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2016. And, of course, allegations of inappropriate behavior from two women led to his resignation from Congress, and he was replaced by Michael Cloud, who is currently sitting in his place. The end. The end of... <laughs> You're welcome. This was baffling. But Texas Monthly did a whole article about about Randy. And yeah. there's pictures and everything of him on the beach. In Texas Monthly. Yeah. Well, I mean, a rich, well-to-do person goes missing in Texas. I mean, that's... Sure well, not only that, it. he was... I mean, that's what... The, everything, every single thing that I read kept talking about how everybody loved him. He was so well-liked. He wasn't like other millionaires. And I'm like, how many do you know? I haven't met one yet. So, if there are any millionaires that would like to introduce themselves to me, I would love to meet you. <laughs> any of them. Maybe Oprah. Oprah? Well, she gives away stuff. Oh, okay. Free want the free shit well i follow her book club on amazon oh do you yeah some of them are interesting some of them not that is my case for this week the corpus christi farenhold family basically (laughs) it was it was intentionally about one individual that was murdered turned into everybody died it's like the kennedys (laughs) everybody (laughs) everybody died yeah so yeah i well, it was good. I think Mary's still alive. I think. I don't know. 
But yeah, I mean, they talked about him being like a super good looking guy. I guess we have a difference of opinion. But do you have any questions, comments, concerns? I don't. Well, if you got that much money, what are you doing trying to, I mean, it just seems like, why take that chance? Well, what is that phrase everybody always goes with? You have two, you have more money than you know what to do with. So he's like, sure, I'll throw some money at you. Yeah. See, when you're poor, like me, you, uh, you, you, you can't just, I know what to do with it. Give me a million dollars. I can explain (laughs) what to do with it. (laughs) lottery the other day you did no did you did i play it yeah it was up to like it was like a historic amount it was like millions and millions of dollars and nobody's gonna win or five million people are gonna win and everybody's gonna get a dollar i think two people won two and how long before they're in jail for tax fraud that's why you smart you go straight to a lawyer and straight to an accountant and you say how many? How much? Take the taxes out now. I don't want to pay taxes on this every year. This right here, I want it all taken out right now. Then mm-hmm. put some in a annuity or market link CD. You're you're speaking you're speaking bank to me. I don't know what any of that means. Okay, put some away so it earns money. Play with some, but put a lot of it away. Well, I don't know. It just seems like. There was a there was a song about it. Uh, it was like a like Good Charlotte or somebody, and it was like all these rich people say they got problems or or money causes you problems, and I can I can show you how to fix all those money problems. But I'm I'm one who believes if you think money causes problems, then you obviously don't have enough. You're at that borderline between poor and rich. You're you have too much to be poor and appreciate what you have, but you don't have enough to be satisfied. So, anyway, I liked that case. I thought it was interesting. It is interesting, and it, it's it's interesting whenever it is people like the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. You know, people in the higher up. I know like, we really need to do a we need to do an episode on the Kennedys. That may need to be like a three part episode. Three part episode. I mean, because technically all of them were killed in Texas. Yeah. You can bring in the Marilyn Monroe thing. Oh, dear. You can. There's lots to go with that. Oh, yeah. But I am a supporter of Jackie. I love Jackie. Mm, of course. Jackie Onassis. She was just a class act. But then, like, then if you get into the whole, like, JFK assassination, then you get into the all the conspiracies of flipping, uh, what's his name? Charles Harrelson and all the bull honky that goes along with that that people don't think about. So, alright, well, good. So, if you like us, uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, but don't leave something bad, Nikki doesn't like it. You always say that. (laughs) Care if it's, if you think it's bad, but say why you think it's bad. Don't just, don't just do a bad review. Which we don't have many of those, I'm just saying. We don't have, well, I don't, yeah, we don't have any bad reviews. All right, on to the next. Here we go. 